You're listening to the Nightlight Radio Network. This is Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, co-host of 21st Century Radio. We are happy to present this rebroadcast of our show on Nightlight. Enjoy. Joining us this portion of 21st Century Radio is author, adventurer, and seeker David Krafchow. He has authored 17 books, including Kabbalistic Tarot, Hebraic Wisdom in the Major and Minor Arcana, an Inner Traditions 2000 release, and a fascinating self-published work I read this week focused on the relationship between the Mayan calendar and Judaic teachings about this very time in history, the ending of 2012, hence his book, 2012 and the Kabbalah. In addition, David will tell us about some upcoming adventures on land and sea where he makes clear as he travels what leaves the heart enters the heart. Welcome to 21st Century Radio, David. Thank you so much, Zohar. It really is just a pleasure to be here with this opportunity. I thought we could start with some big things, because you have read, lived, rather, this most adventurous life since a very young age. So how would you describe for our audience your path and what you've been seeking? Hmm. Well, Ed, um, uh, I went into the Navy at 17. And I, that sort of began my adventure, I think. And I realized in the Navy that I wanted to be a writer. And, uh, and I wanted to write about the truth. So uh, to me, to be a writer, one has to go out and live so you have something to write about. So I think those have been the two things that have really um, sort of focused my life. And that's eventually led me, when I was 26, to come to the uh, Torah and begin studying Torah. So what you're speaking of, for those who haven't heard that word, is the Hebrew mm. Bible and the many teachings of the sages over the centuries. When you study Torah, you have had a particular interest in the more esoteric interpretation of it through what's yes. called Kabbalah. So describe for us what Kabbalah is and what you've been able to learn from it. All right. Um, uh, 3,500 years ago, the written Torah was given to us, Moshe on the mountain of Sinai. And included in it was the Oral Torah. And the Oral Torah remained oral for 1,500 years. Uh, means 2,000 years ago it was written down. It was written down the Talmud, the law, the Medrash, the story, and the Zohar, like your name, Zohara, uh, brilliance was the secret. And the secret was so brilliant, like the sun, you can't really look at it, until 1,500 years later when the Arizal came and gave us the key to the Zohar, which is the Kabbalah. And the Kabbalah is considered the most feminine of all the teachings because it's the most hidden and the last to be revealed. And uh, the main, uh, it seems to me, from uh, years of studying this, that the main emphasis is on the configuration of creation. Uh, and, and which is all based upon God's four-letter name, yud he And, and uh, for those that don't know what you're speaking of, those are Hebrew letters, Yud, which yes, is the value right. of 10, and He, which is the value of 5, Vav, which is the value of 6, and then a final He, which again, the value, value of 5. So this adds up to 26, and I know from your beautiful work on Kabbalah and the Mayan calendar, that 26 is a really important number. Yes, and no, not only is the number important, but the letters themselves, when you uh, stack them vertically, they, uh, they take on the form of a human being. 
and uh, and this was what was engraved into uh, the hard light. It's called orange soap, light without end, that existed before creation, and made a space for creation. And each of the four letters pertain to one of the four spiritual worlds, and we're at the very bottom. Our universe is at the bottom of this uh, lowest world. So this imprint is everywhere uh, in, in creation, and uh, obviously ending with the human being. And so this is what the Kabbalah is mostly concerned with, is how creation works. And so as you write, and as anybody who studies Kabbalah knows, that we represent a co-creatorship, and that within creation we also, designed into our own body, have these great majestic tools. Yes. Uh, it, uh, the first book of Kabbalah, written 4,000 years ago by, by Avraham, he was the, uh, uh, the progenitor of many peoples, the, uh, uh, the Jewish, the Arab, and the Roman people, uh, plus others. And uh, he writes that the world is created in three spherim, Sofer, uh, uh, Sefer, Betsipor. Sofer means the writer, uh, which obviously is the creator. Safer is the book, which everything is written in heaven. But the story is here on earth, according to our free will. So we sort of, it's sort of like a writer writing a story. It starts feeling like the story is starting to write itself. So when we look, for instance, right now, Really, the whole world is watching the East Coast with this anomalous weather pattern, which will give us these coastal flooding, high winds, sea surges, heavy rain, snow, a megastorm, which some called yes. Frankenstorm, Hurricane Sandy. And, yes. and everything you do is based in being able to interpret what things mean relative to a very long stretch of time all the way back to yes. creation. So how would you, as, a, as an example, interpret this storm at this time? I, I think it's really, I mean, just dying to be interpreted. And it's interesting, at the same time we're having this storm, there's also the biggest storm they've ever observed in the uh, solar system happening on Saturn, which is particularly interesting because on the 21st of December, we line up the Sun, the Earth, uh, Jupiter, and Saturn. And uh, so to also have a mega storm here on Earth, and particularly in this part of the Earth, uh, because, as it, it states, that a human being is a small world. So it also means that the, the world is a large human being. And we can look at the three, uh, the, set, the, the, the three oceans as the three parts of the brain, the two hemispheres and the third eye, and the, uh, uh, the seven continents as the seven parts of the body. And meaning the head, out. before before you pass that seven, meaning the head, the two arms, the torso, the legs. The sex. And the generative organs. And and so that's uh, six. And the seventh is the mouth, the, uh, the power of speech. So it comes out that uh, uh, like uh, 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 the east and uh, west of Europe, the Europe and Asia are like the right and left arms, and the torso is in the middle. Uh, uh, the Middle East is the sex. This is a woman, so that's the Mediterranean. Uh, Israel is the place of uh, conception. Uh, the legs are the uh, South America and, uh, uh, and Africa. 
and it leaves the earth to be uh, what's called in Hebrew malchut, which means royalty, which is as, uh, uh, represented as woman and as speech. And we have in our country the, Mediter- uh, the, uh, the Mississippi that runs right through the middle, which is like the parting of the lips. And you have uh, a current uh, in the West that come down from the North, which is considered the most, the more gavorous, severe, severe part of uh, the Earth, down to the South, becoming more uh, uh, towards the kind side. But on the eastern shore, you have it going up from the kind side, coming up to the uh, to the north, to the mo- more severe. And so here, you, you have this storm happening here that seems reflective, perhaps also uh, uh, of Saturn. It's also happening on the full moon. And of course, the full moon has to do with Malkut and with woman, and she's at her strength. So it's as though, and, and, and the reason it seems why America particularly would be the mouth is because this is the only country that's truly made up of people from all countries. And that's how speech is, that it's made up from all the other six parts of the body that all add something to the ideas and the emotion until we actually uh, verbalize it. And so, you know, and it's interesting with you, political things are split. Everything is split. And perhaps because this is the... The, the lips, and this is how something is being spoken out into the world. You know, it's also interesting relative to Malchut being the feminine as well as speech and our kingdom, and it's also when you look at the fact that the waters of the earth or the earth herself, which is feminine, speaking about this great imbalance that we've created through human activity on the earth, it's really, I think, a wake-up call. I mean, I'm I'm not alone. My husband and I, for 30 years, have been talking about the extreme weathers we would anticipate experiencing as a result of global warming. And when yes. we look at human activity as a result primarily of greed and the status quo of resource-sucking of the planet and mm-hmm. such disregard for the sanctity of nature and how to keep things in balance, whether it's in agriculture or in the economy, be it making it a life economy rather than a war-based death economy. Mm-hmm. It's really, I think, a, a cleansing. And it's and it's hopefully, you know, God willing, there will be very little harm. There's bound to be damage, but very little harm. May that be the case. Yeah, but it, it's really, I think, when you look at the the debasement of political dialogue in this country and it being mm-hmm. seeded through Washington, New York, et cetera, Yes. It's almost an opportunity for people to come together. And that's the way I look at it. You know, we're all called to divine unity on this earth and in this country. Yes. And I think that, unfortunately, oftentimes through hardship, individuals and nations wake up to their higher purpose. Yes. I, I mean, the only thing I would sort of add is I think that there's a little, uh, you know, it's sort of masking something that's much more important, which is that the world is actually changing. Uh, I, 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 obviously, it's bad to pollute and it's bad to, you know, treat our, our beautiful world, you know, in a cruel way and, 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 you know, in a greedy way. Nonetheless, the world is giving birth. And when birth happens, things change. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, I think some of the changes are due to that. And I think if we focus too much on the physical uh, uh, debasement that has been done to the earth and don't, don't see the spiritual thing that's happening as a result. It's sort of like, you know, just before the birth, the, the embryonic few, uh, of, um, 
uh, fluid uh, becomes uh, polluted as part of what causes the birth. The mm-hmm. same like what you're saying is part of you know, what caused people to come together. But what we should be doing is pushing for that birth. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it's so interesting because when you look at the world's prophetic traditions, as you have, and that's what we're going to talk about much of the next portion of the program is the Mayan calendar and what the Jewish teachings are. You often hear people speak of this time relative to the Bible's telling of Gog and Magog. Yes. And, and I'd like for a moment for you to talk about that because you do in your writings, and I think it's yes. different from the way many people express it. Uh, uh, all right. Um, well, it, it's prophesized that before uh, the birth, over time, this worldwide birth will happen, that there will be a great war uh, called Gog and Magog. And it's been conjectured through uh, the time since the prophecy, you know, three, 3,000 years ago, maybe more, of when that time is. And the truth is, because we're co-creators with the creator, that whenever becomes that right time, there has to be the prophecy. And there's times in the past when uh, particularly story in the uh, the Talmud that one of the kings God wanted to make him to be uh, Mashiach, which would bring in, which would enter in this time, and the rabbi said, "So who will be Gog and Magog?" And God came up with two nations fighting. Now there has to be some way that the prophecy comes true, but in our time we see the prophecy, and uh, uh, the, you know, in birth, since we're you know speaking of the metaphor of birth. The most difficult time of birth is called transition. And that's the time when the woman, if she's going to really lose her composure, that's when she's going to lose it. And, and, and we went through a time like this. And it's interesting, you know, we're talking about the number 26. And this was for 26 years from the beginning of Reagan until... Uh, You're talking uh, about President Ronald Reagan. Uh-huh. And also the, uh, the Pope, I forget... Uh, Pope John, John Paul. Paul mm-hmm. They both started at the same time, and um, and it ended uh, four presidents later uh, uh, with Katrina, and uh, and and it's just to me completely fascinating. Uh, you you'd mentioned like all the numbers involved here, uh, but the different sort of milestones we hit during those twenty six years. And it's interesting that Katrina, like in Hebrew, would be Keter. And Keter is chaos. And it came and it just threw everything into chaos. And as a result, things just turned upside down. And uh, the, the, the world just changed radically. I don't think people can really appreciate uh, what it was. It was sort of like the, uh, uh, the Spanish Armada when a storm came in and just wiped it out and changed history completely. And uh, and this is how, like, God plays with creation to see that things should come true. And so, according, at least to my estimations, uh, uh, Magog, which is the cause of it, when you put the mem at the beginning of a letter, so uh, it, it makes it causative. And mem, of course, was the 40th president, uh, which was Regan. Ronald Reagan, who had uh, a uh, propensity for the 666. He was very interested in this. I remember I was in California when he was inaugurated, and he had to be inaugurated a minute after midnight 
but you know it was Hollywood. Everyone understood that they, you know, they had their things. But he was, you know, he was very. Like, when he got out of uh, office, he he bought a house with the number six six six. Well, look, we're going to stop on that moment because we do have to take a break. And when we come back, we'll come to that because that's another number. And I think for people who may have trouble following this, I think the beauty of what David has to share is that there's a way to look at normative effects of spiritual influences and number as plato taught us and as all the great sacred societies teach us number is vibration and vibration has a hidden and a revealed meaning and the revealed meaning is sometime in the events around it and the concealed meaning is sometimes in how we interpret it so when we come back that's what we'll start with ronald reagan and 666 you're listening to 21st century radio with dr zahara Hieronymus. hope that you're enjoying the program I'm Suzanne Ramsey, and we have a book out called The Aztec Incident. Take a look at www.theazticincident.com. Featured on our website at www.21stcenturyradio.com. Just as our current guest, David Krofchow, is, you can find him at www.jewishbohemian.com. That's jewishbohemian.com. So, Davi, coming back to the number 666, it carries a lot of potency and a lot of different meanings for different people. So tell us how you see it and why it's connected to the Reagan presidencies and the Bush presidencies and anything else it's connected to. Yes. Well, uh, 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 the the six derives from the sixth day of the week. Uh, uh, There's six days of creation, and on the sixth day, the human being is created. And uh, in the... Sfirot, the uh, 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 sort of like the Kabbalistic atom that makes everything of ten, the six is the place of sexuality, and so the six 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 is sort of in every uh, each day of creation corresponds to a thousand years of history, and in each thousand years you have a six 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 where that uh, uh, millennium uh, peaks. Uh, the first six six six. Uh, there lived a man named Hanuk, as described in the in the Torah, and um, uh, he lived for 365 years. It might seem like a long time, and those times people lived to a thousand. And he was taken. He was made Metatron, the angel of the earth, and he was given all the secrets of the uh, 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 of the of times and calendars, and uh, and he becomes like sort of guardian over the earth. That's when the Mayan calendar begins. And it's embedded in the Hebrew calendar, which began obviously 660 years before. Uh, In each thousand years, like in the next thousand years, in the 666, there's the great flood of Noah, which we celebrate actually in five days, the 17th of of Cheshvan. And and in the last 666 was 1906, a very uh, fecund time for the world. It's the time where uh, uh, a, a week before Rosh Hashanah 5666, Einstein publishes E equals MC square. At the same time, Picasso is developing Cubism, which is in Torah, in Kabbalah, is like one of the deepest symbols. That the Ten Commandments were written into two cubes, and the two cubes like fit together. Uh, uh, and so you had this really extraordinary time, but at the same time, it's sort of like in a birth that you have the child's growing, 
But then you have the placenta, the afterbirth, that it's there to help the child be born. But the, the closer the child comes to birth, the more the placenta knows that it's coming close to death. And there's always this struggle between the placenta and the child. And that's what's been going on for the last hundred years. It's just been a hundred years of war. And that really peaked with Ronald Reagan and the three presidents that, preceded, that, that, that followed him. So if Reagan is Mem, so uh, he's what caused it. And then the three presidents are uh, Gog, the two Georges, uh, Gimmel and Gimmel, and, and Clinton in the, in the middle. And what these four presidents did was, first of all, they brought us to the year 2000. And these six days of creation are divided 2,000 years of chaos, 2,000 years of Torah that began with Abraham and ended with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And the last 2,000 years of the 2,000 years of Rome, in which this birth we call Mashiach, is coming to the world. And uh, that concluded at uh, 2,000. And, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, there were many enormous things that were happening in, in, in the skies. One of the things that happened was uh, in 1998, on August 27th, 1998, we were hit by a neutron star for, uh, 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 for 10, uh, uh, it wasn't for long. It was like for five minutes or something, wasn't it? It was sure, a very it, short it, burst. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. It was for... I, I can't remember. It was for five minutes because it was exactly five. That's right. It's for five minutes because it's exactly five years later uh, on that day that Mars becomes closest to the Earth. And Mars is very connected with Rome. And our whole way uh, of government is based in Rome. Yeah, which yeah. means power, domination, manipulation, etc. By the sword, by the coin, by the religion, it's all Rome, and it came to its peak in 2000, and its time was over, and they, they didn't recognize that, and there's sort of this momentum going on, In three years later, when Mars comes closest to the Earth, and it's a year in Kabbalah, the number 63 is predominant, and that's the essence of uh, the animal, and that's when we went to war. And that's when came the came through the prophecy that at the time of Gog and Magog, that the, the there there will be so much opulence that gold will lose its value, and uh, uh, and and it's during this time that through Gog and Magog they will take a Rome will, will will take over the world they will conquer the world, and that was a sign of it because they went to war against the entire world the entire world said no. And uh, America went to war, and Rome had ta- had be- you know, America had become the, the the sword of Rome, and uh, and it would and they promised us a hundred years war. No, no one uh, mentions that anymore. They promised us a hundred years of war, just like the last hundred years. But thank God, Katrina came and put an end to it. If it wasn't for Katrina, we, we our political political situation would be much 
more difficult than it is presently. Now, it's it, for some people, I, and sometimes it's very complicated for myself as well, unless I write down these sequences. But what you make very clear in your writing about the Mayan calendar and Judaic teachings through Zohar, etc., is that there's a very big connection and that December 21st, 2012 is a significant date. So you said that the Jewish calendar was 6,000 years, the Mayan calendar is 5,000 years, the Roman calendar 2,000 years. Am I right? Do I remember that correctly? Yes. So what does that have to do with now and December 21st, 2012? Well, um, First of all, the only uh, place you have, you see, the interesting things about the Mayan and the Hebrew calendar that's very significant is that they have a particular beginning date uh, and they have a, an exact ending date, both calendars. Uh, and the Mayan calendar is a little bit more than 5,000 uh, 5, years. The Hebrew calendar is exactly 6,000. The only place you have that, we see that in, uh, in life, is when a woman's pregnant that she has a calendar inside of her, and uh, when it ends, that's her due date. And when when our uh, uh, due date comes, so uh, the the sun, the earth, uh, uh, Jupiter, and uh, uh, Saturn will be lined up with the center of the galaxy. Right, the galactic center alignment, December twenty first, twenty twelve. That's right, and uh, in addition to that. Uh, scientists have been following for a few years now a, uh, a hydrogen cloud, frozen cloud, entering into the, uh, uh, the center of the galaxy. And they expect by next month there should be like a huge uh, um, light coming from it that will be hitting us because it's a 26,000 uh, light, year, uh, light years away. And, and it's hitting us right at this time. And it's interesting that the way the Mayan calendar is based upon the 26,000-year rotation of the Earth around the North Star. And uh, so these, the, the, these two 26s that have nothing to do with one another is just, uh, you know, it's just extraordinary. So as, as you point out, so we have this enormous span of time, but... Each place in time has purpose and meaning, and that currently the Mayan calendar, which ends, and then it actually has a cyclic. I mean, they're spiraling. People say it ends, but there's always a new beginning. The Mayan calendar in 2012 and the 6,000-year Hebrew calendar ends 228 years later. That's right. And, 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 and the Roman calendar end, ended, and there's At 2,000. Also- um, um, uh, carbon-14 that has a 5,730-year cycle that was 1970. Uh, uh, we have all these. See, this is what it, when it says the end of days. It means the end of the calendars. And, and, and what, what, what does that mean? I mean, how would you interpret it? You're, you're a very interesting person, meaning you take physical events in the world, you follow scientific discovery, you obviously have a handle on the deeper mystery of number. So how do you go about coming to these um, conclusions? Uh, Well, see, uh, uh, let's just talk about God for a moment. Okay, time. Uh, God. Oh, God. Oh, another big subject. (laughs) Okay, let's do that. (laughs) God is not 
physical, and God is not spiritual. And what Avram came to bring to the world was not, uh, 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 what do they call it? Uh, um, um, you know, what, what all the religions say, what Avram brought. I can't even think of it. Anyways, what he brought was the idea that the creator, because the creator is neither physical nor spiritual, is everywhere all the time to everybody. That's the, the idea. And why did the creator make all this creation? And why is the creator here? Was the creator care? Because the creator wants to be known in creation. And the creator is known, you know, by what happens at the lowest part of creation. And this, they're very adamant about this is the lowest place. And so we see God everywhere. We see this interaction in this story. We've done certain things, and God does certain things. Some of it is time-related. God likes to mess around with time. And some of it is like storm-related, different things that we would call natural phenomenon. So, you know, if people get too much focused on just like we live in chaos, and this has a lot to do with the Big Bang Theory, which makes us think we're just nothing. And is very, you know, really weakens the human spirit, then we don't see really the communications that's coming from the creator. So that's sort of, you know, I think the Kabbalistic way of looking at things that that all of it is really a message and to see it in our personal lives and to see it in worldwide events. And so when you then, you're about to go on several journeys, and we're going to take another break. And then when we come back, I'd like to talk about those because they're both different. And they both, I think, express sort of the wonderment you bring to your path. Don't go away. I'm Zoe Hieronymus. You're listening to 21st Century Radio. David Krofchow is our guest. You can learn more of his work, his travels, his teachings at JewishBohemian.com. Hello, I'm John Perkins, author of many books, including Confessions of an Economic Hitman, www.johnperkins.org, and you're listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, one of my very favorite people and a person who's spreading light around the world, who's really opening us up to the new changes in consciousness that we're experiencing at this incredible time in human history. My hat's off to Dr. Zohara Hieronymus and all that she's doing. She not only represents freedom of the press, but she also represents this new wave of waking up to new consciousness that's going to create a sustainable, just, peaceful world that's thriving for all sentient beings. Keep listening. You know, he and I talked when he was recently with us about this idea I once had. It was an inspiration that currently we live under a death economy and we can see it. You know, killing the earth, going to war, you know, mutilating children, all these really horrible things. And that what we really need is a life economy, which expresses, I think, everything everybody hopes for, the best in all. And um, he's recently been using that as he travels the world speaking. And I have to say how grateful I am to John for really picking up that banner, because while I may have thought of it, I certainly don't have the global audience he does. So it's it's always nice, you know, when we can be tag teams. Our guest currently is David Krofchow. You can learn more at his website, jewishbohemian.com. Now, David, I think we've kind of, some people might be able to follow what we've been saying. It's kind of a symbolic interpretation of events through number, and we still have one number left to do, which is 777. We did the 666, which expresses what is really coming to a close 
And 777 really represents, as John Perkins was just speaking about, and as 21st Century Radio has represented for almost 30 years, is that we really want this new age of consciousness, of integrated sciences and philosophies, and that all of us can become unified and work together as a one humanity. What is 777 in your opinion? Well, the, the, the year 5777 will happen in five years. And it's certainly it's a huge number in Torah. And one of the very simple things about it, uh, uh, and it says, by the way, that all sevens are beloved. All sevens are what? Beloved. Uh-huh. And together they make 21. And 21 has to do with the future name of God called Ihiyah. And it has to do with introducing the Aleph. And the uh, tradition is that the Aleph is the first letter of the Torah, and it's made with a, a horizontal line and two dots, one above and one below. And it says all of creation is housed in that lower dot of the Aleph. We're talking, for those that don't know, the Hebrew alphabet, it's the letter like an A. It's the beginning of the Aleph Bet, the Hebrew alphabet. Right. And so it says in the future, the entirety of that primordial Aleph will become uh, uh, present in creation. And so that's a real sign how we're moving out of the six, because the six has to do with sexual, it has to do with, with the end of the male uh, 6,000 years. And then we move into the 7,000th year, which is like the seventh day of the week is the Shabbat, the day of rest. So in the same way for the world, there will be rest, there will be peace, there will be abundance. And, and so with all our efforts to try to do that, you know, now, will help to bring that time about. So because I read in your book, you said that the first major celestial event, quote, after 2012, as you just told us, will be five years after 2012 in 2017, when a total eclipse will pass across the United States, culminating over Christian County, Kentucky, the home of Edgar Casey, the American prophet. Yes. Yes, it's just very significant, and particularly as we look at ourselves as sort of the mouthpiece of the world. And I guess everyone can take their own interpretations of what that means, but it's a, it's just one of these events from heaven that seems, uh, you know, I mean, God's being very uh, loud. So you are going on a fascinating cruise with a number of very interesting people gathered from all over the world. Tell us about that. Well, you know, everyone thinks about where they want to be on December 21st, uh, 2012. Everyone who's, you know, concerned about this, uh, this alignment. And it seems the best place to be because certainly what's going to happen is going to be a very subtle change. And so it seems wonderful to be out on the sea. So I, I, I've had the opportunity of being invited to be a presenter on a carnival cruise ship that's going to Mexico. It leaves from Texas, from Galveston, and goes to Mexico. It's a five-day trip. And where we spend, because uh, uh, apparently it's 11-11 Greenwich time, that that is the, like, like, like the fulcrum. And we'll be out at sea. And uh, having been in the Navy, you know, you feel everything out at sea. So anyways, I, I, you know, people are absolutely invited to come. It's a big ship. There's enough room for everyone. And uh, you can uh, get a link to it, you know, at my uh, website, jewishbohemian.com. 
and uh, just go from there. Well, it's a it's an it's an interesting combination of educators, spiritual teachers, shamans, mystics, um, who are going to perform ceremonies, talk about the Mayan calendar, visit local sites, and it's you know it's always nice when people can express their freedom and their free will and experience some pleasure at the same time. And that brings me to really talking about something you wrote and something that is taught in Kabbalah very clearly, that will and pleasure are very important aspects of the human experience. Yes, yes. You want me to speak on Please that? Please do. Yes. Well, as we talked about the ten sefirot, the ten luminaries, they correspond to the ten parts of the body, basically three triangles, the head, the torso, the arms, the legs, the sex, and speech is the tenth. But what crowns them uh, is a pleasure in will. And pleasure in will are the essence of man and woman. Uh, man is will, very directed. And pleasure, so man's like the line. And woman, the curve is the circle. And uh, the essence of all things uh, is, is pleasure, is the essence of woman. Which I believe is the reason why we are all conceived female. And then some of us change to be male, because that way we all have that uh, inner essence. And what makes a thing an essence is, one, it's not seen, and it has no uh, particular part of the body. It can be everywhere at once. It surrounds us completely. And this is really our connection to the spiritual world. And that's why people, when they, they, they get close to spiritual uh, sense and spirituality, a lot of times people become very happy. Or people would become very happy to get uh, close to the spiritual world. The ancient prophets would do that. They'd go around with instruments and singing and just be really happy, hoping to get prophecy. And uh, yeah, so these are like, and so it, it, there is no, uh, absolutely no crime uh, to have pleasure uh, or to will things. Our, our human uh, uh, freedom of choice is how we do that. You know, uh, whether we're really taking pleasure in creation or, if God forbid, we're taking pleasure in destroying creation. So one can be part of creation or one can be against creation. But there's no way to get out of creation. There's another journey that you're about to take, which is going to become a film. And I think it's a very interesting because it's really very much like many gypsies have lived worldwide for many centuries. Yes, I wanted to give a, a, a real sense of what it is to be Jewish because we are in exile. And, and so I, uh, I have these friends down in Kansas and they've been living for years in a cabin, uh, in, a, in, a, in a wagon that, that is uh, taken by like horses and mules and they would like to move on from where they are and they invited me to come with them. And I just thought it would really be a beautiful thing to travel like that through the Deep South, through the Bible Belt, and to be able to share with people what it is to be Jewish. Because I think one of the big problems in the world is, is we, we're not getting authentic ideas to one another. And it's very important for the Jewish people to be a light to the nations. That's what we were asked to be. And so one of the ways is to go out and really, like, be with the people and be able to, uh, you know, uh, ha have this discussion and really change the world through that. 
And so when you look at your own life and where you've come from and now where you're going out in a journey and you you meet so many different kinds of people, do you get a sense of this change in awareness about why we're here? I certainly do. I mean, I also have spent my whole life immersed in people who are already working on this shift of bringing us to unity consciousness. Yes. Well, one of the things it talks about this time is it'll happen. It's called Akishana. It'll happen in a blink of an eye. And, you know, there's one thing that happens in a blink of an eye, and that's when people open their eyes. And I think that's what's happening. There's all sorts of energy from so many different places. There's so many different disciplines. And and, and there's so much uh, uh, commonality between us all. And and this is really the thing that will bring bring uh, uh, peace to you know to the world because it's not you, you can't uh, uh, legislate it, uh, you can't really explain it. You, you have to really experience it. People need to experience it. And 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 being in America, we're sort of the hub of that because we have everyone together, and we really have the opportunity to share uh, who we are with one another. And through that, to to be a beacon out into the world where people are more isolated in their ideas and thoughts. And, I mean, there's certainly many ways to bring about, you know, this change in the world. And the main thing is, we, you know, that we all uh, try. Exactly. Yep. And, and that really is our only responsibility is to make the effort. You know, we can't really control the outcome, but we certainly can manage our intention. And our intention and our use of our will with right intention is the gift of being a co-creator. You know, I, I was told by a, my audience knows that I'm a seer and I get information in all different ways from dreams, from meditation, from insight. And I had a teacher, my dowsing teacher, the late Terry Edward Ross, who doused for nations, basically for minerals, etc. He came to me once in a dream many years ago after he had passed on, and he told me the following thing, that March 31st, and he told me this back in, oh my gosh, it had to have been back in, I don't know, long time ago, maybe 13 years ago, no, couldn't have been, maybe 10 years ago, that 3-31-2013 coming up next year, and he told me this, I think in 2005 maybe, that it would be called The Great Turning, 3-31-2013, and I don't know what that means. I hope it's for good. (laughs) I have to assume it will be if it came from him, and he just said for people to be prepared, you know, to be prepared for changes on the earth, to be prepared for our awareness, and when I add those numbers up in just, you know, regular numbers, 3 plus 31 plus 2013, it comes to a 13. How do you interpret the number 13? Giving oh. that Halloween is coming and 13 always comes up with Halloween. 13 is a very good number in Torah because Gematria Achad, which means one. It doesn't only mean one, but it means that the creator, the Achad, it's the first letter of Achad, is Chet, is, is in the seven heavens, in the earth, and the four directions. And that's where it says like creation is between earth and Pluto. That's where life exists. And uh, so, you know, 13, anything that reduces to 13 is just wonderful. You know, it's just a, a really good number. And oftentimes those things like that, particularly from the Jewish people, because we've been sort of demonized a lot. So whatever is good to us becomes bad to other people. It's probably the 13, the 666. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting how it's a very positive, affirmative number, 666, of our sexuality and our integration and our giving birth. And yet people have been able to be convinced that it's so malefic and so horrible and dangerous and evil. Yes. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of this 
uh, you know, it, it, there's just a lot of this ingrained, uh, 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 just negativity, mm-hmm. very deep into people for many, many centuries. Mm-hmm. But our time, you know, people are really waking up. We saw in, in our time how people were segregated when we were young, and now people are integrated. Things can happen very quickly. And as we spiral down to these end times, things go very quickly. We can all expect, you know, change to happen and to happen quickly. And uh, and we should just remember that this is from, from God. This is the birth process. And if we go with it, we'll have a beautiful birth. And if we try to go against it, you know, and try to stay for the status quo, then we'll have a difficult birth. We have about a minute left. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Well, I, 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 I would like to, I guess, just apologize if I've been too obtuse. The, the, these things are very, uh, there's so many deep things in these ideas. And I know they're new for people, but the Jewish people, uh, uh, you know, we, we need to put our ideas out there. It would really help the world a lot. We have many, many secrets that need to be exposed. I, that's my belief. That's what I do. And uh, so people should be patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wish you a very safe journey on your cruise out to sea to Mexico to celebrate the Mayan calendar and all things good. And may you have a wonderful journey by caravan with that beautiful family and all those you encounter. May it bring peace to you and those you touch. Well, thank you so much, Sahara. What a beautiful uh, being on your show, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't go away, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we try on 21st Century Radio to give you a very diverse exposure to many different systems of interpretation and ways of looking at the world, whether it's earth sciences or philosophy or, in this case, spiritual interpretations of numerical values as well as the inner interpretation stretching way back to the creation of all of us and the creation of the world. And I love the thing Davi Krafchow pointed out is that time is masculine and space is feminine. And when I sort of put that into my own life, I, I think I understand that. So we are all male and female. May we come to harmony and take care of your neighbors. And that's the show. 21st Century Radio is produced by Hieronymus and Company. Our executive producer and research assistant is Laura Cortner. Our engineer is Anita Brockington, and I'm Dr. Zohara Hieronymus.